Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 43, a subset of worry. Yeah, you came up with this title. Yeah, it so perfectly describes what we're talking about, where you take the universe of possible worries and figure out what actually you need to worry about. And that's relevant right now because so many people have a lot on their minds, right? Really? <laughs> yeah, news, you don't news say. flash. It's a worrying time. But think, all that said... I, I think the news flash is the problem right now. <laughs> yeah, but we don't need to go into those because everybody's seeing those in the news already. What we're going to talk about is how all of this worrying, if you're doing it, can take up a lot of your energy and also a lot of your time and your attention, right? So if we're not careful, it can like basically consume all of our lives and that's not what anybody wants. So today what we're going to talk about is how we can think about what we're worrying about, which is a little bit circuitous, but we can think about what worries us. Yeah, essentially the value of a tactic like this is being able to step back from everything that you have on your plate that you're worrying about. And and that seems to be a common theme that runs through a lot of these episodes of Becoming Better, where it's about that thinking about thinking uh, that you're able to think a bit more strategically and thoughtfully down the line. But for worrying, on a scale of zero to 10, how much of a worrier would you say you are? On a scale of one to 10, probably a nine. Whoa. Mostly because... I'm sure that people are more anxious or more of a worrier than me. And I think the fact that I'm worried about how accurate my number will be probably tells you <laughs> how much of a worrier I am. So a solid nine, wow. maybe an eight on a good day. It's tough to kind of calibrate because you can only live in your own mind, can't you? Yeah, I have no idea how other people think every day. Maybe you're a two. Maybe. That would be quite uh, surprising. Maybe you're a 12. Maybe everybody else in the world is just super neurotic and I'm just <laughs> a baseline neurotic. That they, would be shocking. They just hide it really well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think so, I hide it pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you'll have right into the podcast, Chris at a life of productivity.com. <laughs> How well does Arden hide her worry? Uh, but, but today we're talking about how to step back from all the things that we're worrying about. And we recently did an activity right before this episode of the podcast. In fact, uh, I updated my worry list and you updated yours as well. Because if you break down all the things that we worry about over the span of a day, there is, as you said in the, in the title of the episode, a certain subset of these things that actually matter. Yeah, exactly. And the things that matter are the things you can come up with plans to mitigate or or handle some way. So, I mean, what's worrying you right now? Oh man, you want me to go through my list here? Yeah. Or should we talk about how you can go through thinking about all these things first? Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll save the juicy bits of that, what we're actually worrying about till later. So the the activity is actually quite simple. It should just take a a minute or two to go through. Uh, But essentially, you begin by capturing everything that is possibly uh, worrying you throughout the day. Uh, Just get it out of your head and onto a sheet of paper. You can make a, a ritual around this if you want. You can sit down with a nice tumbler of scotch and 
or, or maybe a nice cup of coffee first thing in the morning before the rest of the family woke up. Or you could just pause the, pause the podcast right now and do this. Just capture everything that you're possibly worrying about and get it out of your head and onto a sheet of paper. Then categorize, we were hinting at this a little bit, uh, these worries into two groups. First of all, what you have control over. And second of all, what you don't. You can kind of make a, a two-column sheet to divide them up. Then you can figure out what to do with the things you have control over. That's it. Three three easy steps to less worry in your life, trademark becoming better. Or just write them down on a post-it and figure out what you can control and what you can't. So keep it simple. Yeah, and capture things as they come up throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, anybody who journals, which is something we talk about a lot, should have a lot <laughs> of these things like very readily available in their minds already. Have we done an episode on journaling? Honestly, I don't know. We're going to have to. Man, it's a little crazy. We've done so many episodes. I can't remember what we talked about. It's been a thread, but it hasn't been the main. Yeah. Tapestry. Maybe we can talk about journaling next. Yeah. But on the things that we can and can't control, what I'll deflect your question for now and get to my worries. And what, what did you find that you have control over and, and not? So I think there's a little bit of a gray area between things you can control and things you can't control. So I'll start with the controllable things and I won't give an exhaustive list because we'd be here all day. But <laughs> uh, some some obvious ones, I mean, recently I've been worried that our snow removal person won't come and people will slip or fall. Um, I mean, we have a really big driveway, so we have somebody who does the snow removal for us and and they're a little slow. So I, I tend to worry that they just won't come um, and that they weren't going to salt things properly. But I actually reached out to uh, reach out and try to figure out a better plan for that. So I've already figured out how to con- hey, how to mitigate that one. You did that while making the list. While if making I the list, yeah. So it was a helpful exercise. Another thing I'm worried about right now is I'm updating the analysis for one of my papers, and I'm a little worried that the results will be completely different than what I had originally, which would be a pretty big shift in the paper. So that's one thing I'm a little worried about right now. And also something I totally have control over, right? Like, especially when it comes to how I respond to whatever results I come up with, I can, I can definitely work with whatever results I get. So just a framing thing in my mind. Um, but also that I won't finish my PhD on time. This is something I always worry about and is something I definitely have a lot of control over. So those would be firmly in this controllable camp. Hmm. Um, but some of the other things are that are a little bit less in my direct control, but I definitely have a lot of influence over things like whether or not I'll get funding next year or hmm. whether or not I'll get a job after my PhD. Um, but that kind of shifts into this uncontrollable space where I'm worried that the economic recovery from COVID-19 will just take a lot longer than expected and that the job market I enter after I finish my PhD will just be terrible. And that's a definite possibility, but it's also not something I have any control over. Yeah, And that's similar to things like the housing market collapsing. Yeah. And I mean, we rent out a part of our, our, our house, so the housing market collapsing in our city would would be a bit of an issue for us, but it's also something I have no control over. And then there's the, the unless usual... You become, unless you become mayor. I don't think the mayor has a lot of influence oh. over the housing market, <laughs> but maybe, I mean, through like zoning permits, but that's boring. So I don't want to be a mayor. Not, not anytime soon, at least. Um, but then there's the obvious worries about just like loved ones and friends and family, especially right now when you don't get to see people and see how they're doing and just check in. I think there's like constantly a running list of people I'm worried about and, and things I'm worried about for people I Maybe love. Maybe you are a nine out of 10 here. I mean, I feel like everybody <laughs> would worry about those last three things. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Kind of a, not, not a nagging thing per se, but definitely a bit of background processing devoted to how healthy people are 
uh, that I love and stuff like that. And, and I hope uh, listeners don't find it boring that we're running through these lists. I, I actually found it uh, interesting hearing about what worries you have because so many of us have the same worries. We just don't share them with one another. And so if you're in a position where you are a worrier, where you're above maybe four or five on that scale where you worry often, uh, it's nice to know that these are human uh, reactions to things that we can't control or things we can control that we just haven't devoted enough thought to. Uh, Ones that I wrote down that are uncontrollable, it it might be obvious to somebody listening that I watch a bit more news and consume a bit more news than you do because a lot of mine relate to that uh, economic recovery in Canada. The situations in the US, I originally wrote situation uh, referring to the uh, you know, we're recording this on January 12th, just to mark this uh, conversation at a point in time. But of course, there's just so much happening in the United States. We'll, we'll just leave it at that because we try not to uh, wade into too many issues. But there's a lot of concerning stuff happening uh, right now coming from uh, down south. Uh, there's COVID numbers locally. There's a new stay-at-home measure in our province as, that was announced today. There's what might happen Uh, to the industries that I'm in in 2021. There's requalifying for a U.S. visa. These are things that are outside of the surface area of my control. But there are more controllable things that I also captured that I do worry about a little bit, that I do devote some background processing to. Number one, uh, writing a book on time. I'm in the middle of writing uh, a third book right now, which I'm really excited about. And because I'm so excited, I want to ship it on time. And so that's a a background concern I have. Getting my VO2 max up, which is a a measure of cardiovascular fitness. Uh, How I'm going to market that book in the year 2022 when it does come out um, and developing unhelpful habits during COVID. Uh, All things that I have control over that I immediately kind of started planning after doing this exercise because it's just so helpful to weed out these this glom of things that we devote some background processing to and separate out what the productive things to worry about are uh, from the unproductive and uncontrollable things. Yeah. So once you figure out what you do have control over, what do you do? Essentially, you just make a plan when you can, when you have that visibility uh, for what you have control over. Uh, another option is to uh, delegate things if, if you possibly can. Yeah. And that doesn't need to necessarily mean you specifically have people who directly officially report to you, right? This can be even like If you stress about getting groceries at the end of the day, you can hire grocery services that are usually very affordable um, and have your groceries delivered to you. These are just things that you might not think about, but you can exchange a little bit of money for so much more time. Yeah. Um, And those kinds of things are really helpful. And I do this for parts of my business as well, uh, where obviously I'm self-employed. I have a bit more uh, flexibility with how I manage my time and and stuff like that in terms of bringing other people on board. But uh, speaking is a good example of this. So I work with a speaking agency. They take a cut of every talk that I give. And in turn, they find people that I can speak for and and help become more productive. Uh, They take care of all the logistics. They book in normal times, the plane flights, they book all of these uh, logistical things. Uh, now they're take care, taking care of digital logistics. And so outsourcing problems that uh, either A, stress you out, or B, worry you, uh, 
uh, is a helpful strategy, whether it's grocery service, whether it's finding some system, like if you find yourself uh, stressing and fretting and worrying over email, uh, developing a system where you have an auto response that comes up that says you check your email just a few times a day if you have that flexibility. Um, Obviously, I'm speaking as somebody who's self-employed and has more flexibility with regard to these things, but usually... For the things you can control, uh, there's often a way to delegate it if you can. Even something as simple as the news, though. Uh, So I find that the news consumption that I do is fuel for a lot of these things that I can't control that I do worry about. And so I hire a newspaper to give me a daily briefing uh, that covers all the areas of my concern um, and also a magazine for the the more medium-term worries, The Economist, which we get yeah, I actually haven't gotten it in a couple of weeks. We're going to have to look into that. We got it last week. What? It's sitting on my chair. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to crack that open because uh, these are ways of not keeping tabs in a moment-by-moment basis, but still not burying your head in the sand. Yeah, and just another, I, I am one of those people who don't have the flexibility you do. Like mm. I'm not really self-employed um, and I have quite a few jobs as we've talked about. Yeah. So I am definitely not in the camp of people who can delegate things, but I think people think of it as only delegating to people, but you can also delegate to some kind of system, right? So I know for me, I have mm. reminders at several points in my day to remind me of things that I just worry about a lot, but would rather not think about all the time, like that I should drink water at certain times of day. Like I have an alert every couple of hours that just reminds me to drink water. And it just delegates that worry to some system that I know exists. Um, And just a lot of to-do lists, reminders, things like that can be delegated in a way that doesn't involve humans if you are not one of those people who have a lot of control over that kind of thing. Or you're antisocial. Or you're (laughs) antisocial. I mean, I'm probably under that camp too. So, yeah. Yeah, that you know, what one thing I'd stress in that way is look at whether the things that you can't control have a common source that contribute to why you're worrying about them. And so the news is a really good example of this. Being overextended at work is a really good example of this. Um, and it's not as if all those sources can be fixed, but sometimes we're able to improve on these things. You know, just logging out of Twitter is a way of uh, relating to the things that we can't control uh, quite a bit better. Another way, if you don't want to completely log out of these sources, is just find the things you like. I mean, I don't really use Twitter. I never tweet, but I do follow econ Twitter pretty closely. And I, I well, what's econ Twitter? It's just Twitter where a lot of economists tweet. It's lovely. And it's just a nice part of Twitter. Um, and it, I find really relevant research and I find really cool conferences coming up. So it's a really informative and an interesting part of Twitter where I'm completely removed from the rest of it. So lovely to you, maybe some people's version of hell. Oh yeah. I mean, if you don't, (laughs) if you aren't interested in like program evaluation or if you're not interested in learning about macroeconomic models, yes, not your place. But if you're interested in using Twitter for something that's useful, this is just an example of how you can shift the things you don't like in a system and just kind of focus on specific parts that you do. One person to follow on econ Twitter. Who's the best? Uh, honestly, I don't know the names. I mean, oh. Justin Wolfers is definitely the most accessible to the general public. So The guy with the hair. I mean, yeah, I guess he's also just, he gets really good tweets and he's very, he's really good at econ communication, which I think is something the field is lacking in. So he's really great if you're looking to get more involved in ec- economics on Twitter. There you go. 
Wow. But you know, we're talking about a subset of worry. Talk about a subset of a subset of our audience that would be interested (laughs) in that. Economics is cool. What are you talking about? mm, Moving on quickly. What about the things we can't control? Yeah. And maybe I'll start just by reminding people what the whole point here is, right? The point is to find a way to worry less, right? So I think by identifying the things you can't control, that will help you feel a little less worried because you can acknowledge, oh, there's nothing I can do about this here. And putting it down maybe will help you disconnect from what you're worrying about. So basically, if you're going to be thinking about what to do about these uncontrollable worries, the first thing is just know that you're predisposed to worry about those things, right? Acknowledge the threat, acknowledge they exist. And so you can recognize that when you're realizing it's something you're worried about, but don't need to. Yeah, we we actually have a threat bias in our head. It's trained into us over hundreds of thousands, millions of years of of human evolution, where we evolved to survive through to today uh, because we pay attention so readily to the threats in our environment. Instead of focusing on building a fire for our village, for an example, we uh, noticed a rustling of the the trees and we paid attention to that and we survived to live another day and build another fire but these days we're not really surrounded by nature as so much as we're surrounded with the digital environment where the same rustling of the trees that we used to pay attention to is now a notification that pops up on the top of the screen uh, it's now a news update that scrolls in as we're uh, trying to do something that we can control that we do have uh, within our, our area of concern. And so know that you are predisposed to pay attention to threats because so much of worry happens subconsciously. We don't, uh, it doesn't break through into our attentional awareness. Uh, so by doing that, by understanding that you are predisposed to pay attention to threats, you can recognize the unnecessary thought patterns and not necessarily control them, but see them for what they are, uh, which are automatic reactions that our mind has to things that we perceive to be threatening in our digital, in our physical environments. Nailed it. Nice. So yeah, that basically covers it, I guess. So capture everything that worries you, break those down into what you can and cannot control, then figure out what to do with everything. The things that you can control, make a plan for them. Uh, Maybe the things that you can't, you can delegate uh, in some fashion, you can find an underlying source uh, for many of them and make that plan and, and follow it through because we, there's a lot to worry about these days and getting a handle on just what's passing through our mind is uh, more important now than ever. Couldn't say it better myself. So something that we've been doing uh, toward the end of episodes, since they come out every two weeks, it's really a low-maintenance podcast. So we're going to make it a bit higher maintenance for you by giving you something to think about and incubate between this episode and the next one. Uh, It's kind of related to this idea of worry. And it actually relates to something I gave you to think about a few episodes back. I can't remember when exactly it was, but it's about burnout. I remember talking about how burnout isn't necessarily your fault. It's often a, an interaction we have with an environment that provides us with a chronic stress. And it's chronic stress that I want to talk about today. A chronic stress is any stress that we experience repeatedly. 
we experience it over and over and over in a chronic fashion. Uh, then that's compared to acute stress, which we experience every once in a while. The, the acute stress is that odd missed flight, whereas the chronic stress is the traffic jams that we encounter every single day. And one thing to keep in mind, and this kind of dovetails with the, the news talk and all of the things that we were talking about today, is that most distractions are also a source of chronic stress. And there's actually one thing that leads to burnout, and that's chronic stress. Burnout, by, by the definition of the World Health Organization, is a work construct that is produced when we experience enough chronic stress that really has nowhere to go. You know, we can invest in all the stress relief strategies that we want, but sometimes the level of stress that we experience is so chronic uh, that we uh, find it difficult to kind of climb out of these feelings of burnout every once in a while. And so do keep that in mind, but also keep in mind the fact that chronic stress is what drives us to feelings of burnout. Uh, It's what causes burnout. Everybody acknowledges this. And so much of the chronic stress that we pay attention to throughout the day is chronic stress that we choose to pay attention to. It's Twitter. It's Instagram when those things are full of threatening messages. It's Facebook uh, when that's full of threats that we perceive as well. It's the news, which is a source of constant, constant threat. There was one uh, study conducted around the Boston Marathon bombings, I think it was back in 2013, where the group of researchers looked at two groups of people. The first group of people uh, watched six or more hours of news coverage about the bombings. And the second group of people were runners in the actual marathon. And what the researchers found was that the news watchers were more likely to experience PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, than somebody who was in the marathon and personally affected by it. Uh, Mind this idea. If you're feeling a bit burnt out these days, burnout is a chronic stress phenomenon. And so much of the chronic stress we experience, not all of it, maybe not even most of it, but much of it is related to distractions that we have control over. Nice. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating to draw a direct line between distractions that we choose to pay attention to and how burnt out we feel. Burnout is often not our, our choice. You know, it's a situation we fall into. We're a healthcare worker in a hospital that's overwhelmed. Uh, we're a teacher that's kind of struggling with the whole Zoom fiasco stuff. Uh, I know we know a couple. And sometimes it is within our control, um, and at least parts of it. And sometimes those are the parts that push us over that edge. So I, I think it's something that people need to hear right now. For sure. Finishing up, becomingbettershow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode. Uh, We hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.